What up, what up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you for joining us for another edition of your favorite podcast, the Charles Coleman Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Coleman. So happy to have you. So glad you're here. Wonderful show lined up for you today and really, really excited about all the things we've got to talk about. But before we get into it, I want to encourage everyone, if you're at home or you're on the go, you're on your phone, you're on your tablet, you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Need you to subscribe, like, and share the show with everybody you know. If you're listening to us anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, anywhere where podcasts are found and heard, iTunes, Tidal, Spotify, we're on all of that. So subscribe, follow, you'll get exclusive content. Anytime we drop, you'll know ahead of everybody else because you will subscribe and you will follow. So hit that button now and follow the Charles Coleman podcast. Got a good show today, lined up as usual, you know. That's what we do. That's what we do here. That's what we bring you. Um, today, we're going to talk a lot of fun stuff, but we got some, some political stuff to talk, a lot of different things going on. Of course, in the studio on set, I've got the dream team of contributors, which I love, and uh, one of my favorite go-to. We the give-and-go combination, the, the, the worthy and magic combination of the podcast space. I got my man, Cashmere Kurt, on the couch. Join us again. Yo, every time you do that point shit, it like bugs me out. But I'm glad to have you on the couch again, bro. Thank you for joining. Thank you for the invite. For another edition. Absolutely. Um, before we get started, you know, I was I was uh on my phone and one of my favorite stories from this year, and I don't know why it's my one of my favorite stories, but it's just such a ratchet ass story. Did you hear, this was, a, this was a little while ago, this was a couple of months ago, a couple weeks ago, there was a 60-person brawl on a cruise ship that started from a threesome going bad. What? Did, did, <laughs> I, yo, can't make this up. 60-person brawl. 60 people got into a fight. Over a threesome? Over, over a threesome. What, they was online or something? Nah, it was, they were in the, on the cruise ship. Now, I don't know if the threesome... Make this make sense to me, man. Bro, bro, I don't know if the threesome happened on the cruise ship, <laughs> but I know that the fight did. And it was 60 people. And I, all I can think about is like, one person had a, like 20 folks, another person had 20 folks. That's an even fight. <laughs> Word. 60 people get into... Like, it was just like, described as like, basically... Somebody cheated on somebody. So it was somebody who was outside of the threesome, apparently. That happened to be on the boat. That was on the boat. They get into it over this threesome. Did the threesome happen on the boat? I don't know. I, I like, I don't know. <laughs> 60 people fighting did that in the buffet section? They just had this threesome? Jack, listen, Jack. <laughs> 60 people get into a fight. Like, they described it. Like, it's almost like... One of those old westerns where like somebody punches somebody and bumps somebody it's and a big they start ball fighting. Of smoke. And it's a big ball, a big ball of smoke, and they get into the fight. That's crazy. 60, it's like one of my. I'm fascinated by this it's story. Crazy. Like I'm like, yo, all right, this happened on a cruise ship that left from New York. It's sixty people. I gotta know somebody. Definitely. I need the inside scoop. Somebody was on that boat. Somebody was on that boat. Yo, if you was on the boat, hit us up. <laughs> Charles Coleman Podcast. We're on all the socials. Hit me up personally on the gram. I want to know that if you were on the boat, the 60 person, bro, even if you wasn't one of the 60, I would love to hear from one of the three. I would love to hear from one of the three. But 
if I can't hit from one of the three, somebody, somebody, come on, somebody, throw me a bone, please. Like 60 people fighting over a threesome, 60 people over a threesome going bad. Where do we get that report from? Like who reported that? Oh, no, I was in the news. man. It was it was it's a legit story. Like, cause I remember reading it and I had to check the source because I thought So this isn't fake news. This no, is, this is not fake news. This is total if you look up 60 person cruise ball <laughs> bra on Google right now, it will come up. I do not. This is a real story. This is crazy. This is a real story. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. we gotta get into the show. Um it's absurd. But that is actually, you know, it, it's indicative of as we get into our shortcuts. Like this complete lack of morality where we are, right? Like we're just in this space of like complete like Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. And, you know, when you and I have these conversations, you're always like, oh, it's not going down. You're always like, oh, it's not happening. Like it's not going to change. And I'm never sure that I agree with you. But when I think about stuff like that, you might be right. Like, where do we, we got rap lyrics. There's a, there's a rap lyric I was just listening to. It said, something, something pink, talking about female genitalia. Mm. Something, something pink, call it breast cancer. First of all, there were two body parts that had nothing to do with one another, other than the fact that they're both on a woman. But then, like, you throw breast cancer in, it, it just, what, what are we doing, bro? <laughs> like, what are we, 60 people get to a, I mean, that's a bar. It's a play on the word pink. Is it a bar? It's a bar. <sighs> All right. You know what? I, I, I'm going to put that down for a second. Um, I'm super excited because joining me for today's show is one of my favorite Dream Team members and contributors. She's my girl. She's the boss at 593 Washington. And she is a professional winner. Y'all know her. Y'all love her. Gloria Rubin is on the cards with me today. Hey. She's back. She's back. She's back. Thank you for having me, G. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. How you been? I've been wonderful. I can't complain. Things are good. Um, We're going to jump right into our shortcuts. In our shortcuts, one of the biggest holidays for whores, both men and women, coming up. Halloween is the whore's holiday. It is. It is. Especially in New York. Especially in New York. It's the whore's holiday. I want to know from you what is, and, and I call it the whore's holiday for a reason. Because... People don't wear regular costumes anymore. They got to sexy it up. It's got to be like a thing. So I want to know from you, what's, what are you wearing as Halloween this year? And what, um, I don't... No, 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 son. No, no, son. For Halloween? You I'm just saying. You, you, come on. I don't normally dress up for Halloween. So I don't really have a That's what we're going to do? Mind. That's what we're going to do. Right now, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest, okay? What's your best Halloween costume ever? <sighs> my, honestly, my best Halloween costume was... Um, uh, was it last year? Or was it two years ago? Where you I just said she don't dress up for it Halloween. Was, and it she was said, the first. Was it, it was, last year? What? I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm like, I'm not. It's not every year, but I did the Avatar face. Like we did, we were all. Blue, I did. Well, I remember that. And I, I went and got a makeup artist that really like beat my face, so I looked like a real Avatar. And it was so, it was so awesome that most people thought it was like a filter, but we really like had all this makeup on. So that was tons of fun. And I think that was one of my best costumes. And you did it without, I'm surprised. Well, not surprised, but like you did it without it being like, you know, on the, because people today, they can't just do an avatar. They got to be a sexy avatar. You know, and, and I think that we, we have to, you know, talk about the market of 
costume, okay? Yeah. At the end of the day, <laughs> no, I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. I got an 18 year old. Most of the costumes for women are sexy. There are not very conservative nurse uniforms out there. I mean, what are you gonna show up in scrubs? It's no fun. It's a it's scrubs. It, but it's not fun. <laughs> and if you go to any of the costume stores, I'm not dropping any names because we didn't get any advertisement dollars from those stores, but um, all the costumes for women are sexy. There's fishnet, they're super short, they're deep cleavage, and the best part about it is you that wear men scrub love and them. Stethoscope. Men love I'm not them. necessarily complaining. I'm just, I'm challenging. It sounds them. like you're complaining. No, I'm it challenging the notion. It actually sounds like a little bit of hate. I'm challenging the, way the notion. you framed it with the whole whore it thing. It is the whole thing. Because you know why? Because people who normally don't dress anywhere near as provocative as they want to show up on Halloween and they outside. I'm not mad at it. Just claim it. And I said men and women, so this right. is not. Like, men do it too. They figure out a way to be something perverse or dirty or what have you, and I'm just like, yo, bro, you could have worn some scrubs with a stethoscope but and I mean, been a I doctor. But I think that's the fun of it. You know what I'm saying? And I think the whole idea of dressing up is just like giving you a chance to be the version of yourself that you don't get to be all Right! Time. You want to show up as a whore. I'm just not a show up sexy. It's not as a whore. It's not sexy? So you need, you can't be sexy without the halter top and the... You can be. So you don't need all of that. But they don't sell the non-sexy versions. That's, That's why you make to... them. Like, no, what happens to the costume? What happens to the costume? What happens to the sheet where you, you cut two sh two eyelids really? out and you be a really? ghost? What to Even that? that kid when he was little and got that costume, he was not happy. <laughs> he wants to be Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he at least wants he to be Spider-Man. Like, 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 but what happened to that? Why you just can't be Spider-Man? Because the Spider-Girl version is fishnet super short with a pleated skirt. With an S on each nipple. People are it's wearing... Just, that's the way it looks. People are outside wearing that willingly. Like, willingly. It's not happening on Thanksgiving. It's happening <laughs> only for that day. And you're getting so you candy. You're getting candy on top of that. You're going out, you're trick-or-treating, you're getting candy in exchange for these great outfits. Come on. So you're, not, so you're dressing up for Halloween today or, this year or not? Maybe. The, maybe? Maybe. I'm, gonna be a, I'm what are you going to be? What, 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 what are you know. doing? Maybe a slut whore. Oh, I, I didn't say anything of about a slut. I, well, I didn't say that. I'm not sure what I'm going to be, but whatever you're going to be is going to be the sexy we were, version we, of it. We were no, we're not. You know, we were we were thinking, we were talking, throwing a couple of different movie, living single, okay, and doing like group TV costumes shows, are group fun. Costumes, right? Group costumes are fun, and those can be executed right tastefully. Yes, they can be. Group costumes can be because you can you can have fun with that. You could be the Avengers. You could be a, a, a like you could go as in Vogue. Like right. you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you can make a group costume work right. without it having to be like ultra provocative. No. I feel like the people who are ultra provocative, they do that shit on purpose. Because they know like, what they're doing. I, you know, maybe they do, but I'm just saying that if you've done any costume shopping, you're going to realize the majority of the goods are provocative for women, period. Let's move on. I, I, I want to see, and we will be posting to the socials what G wears ah, for yes, please look forward to Halloween it. this year. Um, so let's move on to our contributor segment. That was a great shortcut. I hope you enjoyed. This will be a great time for you to reach down, hit that subscriber button, hit that like button, hit that follow button. The Charles Coleman Podcast. You can find us anywhere podcasts are found. You can hear us anywhere podcasts are heard. This is the new home for Black Brilliance. And that is going to bring us to our contributor segment of the day. This is Branded by G. Yes, indeed. What are we talking about, G? This is your time to max to oh, wax poetic. So you know, I'm gonna keep it with my sisters right now. You know, because this I'm is like turning into the sister circle. 
It's gonna be Sister Circle for today, okay? And you're gonna like it. I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna tolerate it, but go ahead. I gotta put up with this all the time, okay? So we're gonna yes. keep with our sister, all right? And we're gonna talk about emotional intelligence. Mm. Ladies, what is emotional intelligence? Emotional, emotional damage! <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> emotional intelligence. We need emotional intelligence in our relationships, in our friendships. And I'm talking from a sister to sister. I'm talking purely friendship. Having emotional intelligence in those spaces. Now, first and foremost, let me say this, because very often relationships can become contentious with two sisters because there's a lot of judgment. But you attract what you are. Mm. Let that marinate in your mind for a little bit. You attract what you are. Who you are in your life today are attracting those types of people. So if there's something in your sister that you don't necessarily like or you don't necessarily agree with, before you say something, you may want to self-reflect and take a personal inventory on where you are in your life that may have allowed that person to kind of be drawn to you allow that person to kind of feel comfortable to exist and behave in a certain kind of a way around you? Like, what exactly are you exhibiting that is causing that person to feel that comfortable to behave in that kind of way? You think, you think toxic women or women who have toxic behavior attract other women who have toxic Absolutely. behavior? Absolutely. I think women that are toxic attract toxic women. I think women that are strong attract, attract strong women. How do you... I have, so I have two questions on this. The first question is... You talked about judgment. Right. And so if the idea is, number one, sort of women behave in the space that they do because of judgment, but then number two, women also sort of attract, or people attract what they are, that suggests that part of the judgment that's present is going both ways. Right. How do you break that cycle? But that's where the emotional intelligence comes in. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And that part is where you really have to do the work for growth in yourself. So if you see something in your sister that you think might be resonating in you, are you willing to do that extra work or to kind of push yourself? Because sometimes you just, you got to take that space to lead the change within the context of the relationship. But that's where the emotional intelligence comes into play to kind of force you out of your comfort zone to really kind of force to have that conversation. Because sometimes it requires a conversation. We can't just blow past the situation and think it's just kind of going to go away. So, uh, you know, I... I'm particularly interested in what you said about strong women attract other strong women because I think sometimes that can be an interesting dynamic and mm -hmm. that emotional intelligence can be very much so mired in emotion. Mm. Meaning that the emotional intelligence that is required to navigate and mediate that space if you have a plethora of strong women can be diluted once people's emotions get involved and now they're sort of reacting to things from a, you know, my feelings right. sort of place. How do you, what do you, you know what I'm saying? This how is do you the thing. The that? whole point is that your emotions, your feelings are liars. Your feelings will have you, your know, feelings are liars. Your feelings will have you believe in this sister don't like me. Mm, this sister okay. got an issue with me. They'll tell you stories. They'll, it'll, it'll tell you stories, but your feelings are liars. And that's why it's important to kind of check your feelings and take your feelings to school. That's what the whole emotional intelligence is about in terms of really kind of assessing whether that's really the case or whether I'm in my head. You understand what How I'm saying? How do you do that? Taking self-inventory. Taking self-inventory about 
look, at the end of the day, you, it's easy for you to see patterns in your life. There are patterns. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I attract a lot of needy people. Is it because I'm a giver? If I'm constantly giving, then, and I got a bunch of, and, but I'm bad at folks that need stuff. I got to take accountability you for the fact where that you're, what I'm, you're doing to right, bring how that am into I you. playing gotcha. a role in this piece? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm constantly giving, I'm not giving that person a chance to give. So maybe they're not giving because I'm always giving. You know what I'm saying? So maybe I might need to, like, think about it and pull back to give that person room to give. You know what I'm saying? So creating that balance, that's the whole emotional intelligence part. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it all goes back to taking those personal inventories of self-reflection before running your mouth and putting yourself in a situation that's deeper than it needs to be. I, you know, I want to, right now, you know, I'm letting, I, I understand that it's a sister's moment, and I'm glad for that, because there's a lot of audience members that, you know, I can't speak to in that way, because number one, it's not a space that I, you know, sit in, and number right. two, um, even from what I observe, it's still not a space that I experience firsthand, but I think that there's a valuable conversation about how that emotional intelligence shows up in relationships, right. male and female. We're gonna save that for another part of our discussion. Okay. But I'm glad you hit on it because at the fundamental basis of it is the notion of self-policing, self-accountability, right. and making sure that you are looking in the mirror and having an honest conversation about it. But I am glad you said that to open it up. We're gonna move on to our main conversation today. Uh, Cashmere Kurt. I want us to have an honest discussion. We got midterms coming up. And, you know, this is a tricky space for me because it's a space where I operate. Like, I work in this space. Mm -hmm. But I'm also around real people. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to be real. Like, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here in front of this camera, in front of this microphone, and be a votep. Oh, you got to go vote. So mm -hmm. on, so on. I have legitimate arguments that I can make in favor of voting. No question about it. And I likely will bring some up during the discussion. But the point here is not, I'm not trying to sell anything to listeners about the importance of voting. That is a personal decision. There are pros to it. I won't say there are cons, mm -hmm. but I understand why people have an aversion to, the, to it conceptually. Midterms are coming. I'm asking you, someone who doesn't work in a space, someone who may not necessarily, you know, read the news all the time, and all of that. Do you care? Like, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. <laughs> I just really want to know. Like, real talk. When you say care, do I care about the possibility of change? Do I care about politics? Do I care about... Midterms are coming. And are you like, I'll probably go? Are you like, absolutely, I must be there. It is my civic duty. Are you like, what midterms? I am think I'm the latter. What midterms? What midterms? Yeah. Got it. Why do you think that you're that... I don't want to say disaffected, because again, that, that even comes across as judgy. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 without a doubt, I don't care what they tell you, mm -hmm. right? I know that people who are listening and watching to this, that there are a lot of people who either had not thought about voting, kind of sort of probably might, maybe won't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people who are like, yeah, I guess I'm going to do it just because. Mm -hmm. So I'm not judging, nor am I disillusioned to believe that everyone here listens it's like, I absolutely am voting in midterms. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are some people like that, mm -hmm. but I'm not really talking to them because they're going to do what they're going to do. Right. I just want to understand from you, Joe Blow, the love of man, mm -hmm. right? What would make you 
shift that position? One way or the other. Um, I think more information. I think uh, uh, people, more well, myself and others who think like me, there's no real connection to midterms. Um, yes, for those of us who still have the ability to vote, there's a civic duty to exercise that right. Um, but to what degree, right? If I'm going to go out and, and cast a vote about stuff that I really don't know nothing about because it's been explained to me that it's my civic duty. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but am I qualified? I would say no. You know, I'm really glad you said that. And I'm glad you said that because I once got in some trouble. I got a lot of pushback because I personally said that the idea of someone who is an uneducated or undereducated voter going into the ballot box is almost as dangerous as giving a person with zero aim a loaded firearm, Mm -hmm. right? Zero aim and an itchy trigger finger, Mm -hmm. a loaded firearm. And people were like, that's such a really like irresponsible thing to say. Voting is a civic duty. See, in our community, the problem I have is we engage the action of voting as a civic duty with the assumption that when you vote, you're going to go vote for the candidate that I want. Right. Like, if, if I guarantee you, if there was a legitimate belief that, or that it was a possibility that the people in our community would go out and vote for 45 again, or mm-hmm. vote for Trump, or vote for conservative candidates, or vote for Republicans, I don't know, and I'm actually, I'm pretty sure that the message of go vote, just vote, would not be as prominent in our community as it is. I think that we emphasize that in a very unsophisticated way. And part of why we do that is because it's the assumption that you're going to do the Democratic Party line at every election and you're not going to do the research. And even if you don't do the research, it's okay because once you go into that ballot and you see that Democratic line- That's the one you pick. That's the one you pick. So that's why people are okay with this very surface level conversation that lacks any nuance or sophistication around accountability, around non-negotiables, around how to, you know, follow up with candidates, around donating to candidates and spending money where a candidate aligns with your values and how to influence that before and after an election. Like none of that is explored. No. And I think that that's very intentional. And I find something almost insidious about that in a way that like really irks my nerves every four years or every two years when there's this big push to vote, but the effort around voter education typically is not as great. I know some wonderful people who are in the space. Um, Shout out Eljoy Williams, who does Civic Sundays. Shout out uh, Stephanie Brown, uh, who is, she and her husband are doing amazing things with their political action committee. There are a lot of folks who are in the space who are looking to do it, but in mass, mm-hmm. in mass, our voter education efforts, our voter mobilization efforts are lacking in real sophistication. And I think that that really, what you said is demonstrative of that. Mm-hmm. Like you said, oh, well, it's information. 
Now, I'm going to keep it a buck with you, mm-hmm. right? It's 2022, and we got Google. Mm-hmm. You can find out whatever you want to find out. Mm-hmm. The information exists. I'm not going to go as far as to say like, yeah, well, we don't even be knowing what these candidates be about, son. Well, we don't, but that's not the candidate's fault in every case. It's somewhat on us in that there is access to the information. The missing piece, as I see it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that there hasn't been a consistent effort to explain the connection between why you need to take advantage of this access or why it's important or why it actually matters. Mm-hmm. It's just the action. It's not like, yo, you need to you know, really take advantage of accessing this information so that you can make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. The only thing that people are concerned about is the decision, not why. Mm-hmm. And I think that that does a very big disservice to us and how we engage the political processes overall and why consistently midterm elections do not have good turnouts. I was thinking too, though, it could be the, the, the bigger four-year elections that turn into clusterfucks that kind of make the, the two-year elections seem like they're, 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 they're less significant. Yeah. And, and I think that there's, there's validity in that. Like, I think that our political discourse currently is a shit show mm-hmm. entirely, right? Like, it's polarized in a way that rewards people being disagreeable um, and not actually working together and not actually getting things done. That does not work. It does not make the system work. And so I respect and understand where people are like, all of that shit is a game. It's all a mess. It's all rigged. And mm-hmm. it's all just messy. And I ain't really fooling with it because I, I got real things that I got to worry about in my life every day. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Like, I get that perspective. I think what I don't like about our discourse is, I, I use this analogy a lot. Uh, you go into a store, you want something to drink. The, the cashier has uh, Coke and Pepsi. They say, you got to choose one or the other. And you say, eh, I think I want some Sprite. Or I think I want water. Mm-hmm. What we do as a community oftentimes is we get mad at the consumer in that instance. The buyer who says, I don't like these choices and therefore I'm going to refrain or do something different. As opposed to getting mad at the store for not having a greater, More choices. better choices. Mm-hmm. And I really think that that is another missing part of the discourse. You are more inclined to see or more likely to see someone getting blasted because they said, I didn't vote because I didn't like the candidates versus a mass movement to either of the two parties, two major parties to say, why do your candidates suck? Like to me, I don't blame the consumer in that respect because they have a choice. Right. They don't like the choices. I value my vote. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to just give that away to either someone who I believe hasn't earned it or isn't worth it or doesn't do as a candidate what I need. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just going to give it to one because they did less shitty shit than someone. Right. The less of two evils. Yeah. I'm not here to be preachy, bro. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not what, 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 what we want. I'm intentionally engaging that process. What you said from a, from a perspective standpoint, I understand. You're like, 
I'm not informed enough to be intentional about engaging this process. And because I'm not informed enough to be, to make an intentional decision and an informed decision, an educated decision, I don't really know if I'm really going to fool with it. To me, that is much more honorable, respectful, or respect, yeah, it's respectable than to say, yeah, I'm just going to go vote and think that that's the thing that people want to hear. Yeah, Democrat. Mm -hmm. And to think that that's the thing people want to hear. Of course, there's always going to be the alternative of, well, you could take the time to educate yourself, Mm -hmm. but then I would respond to the average person, why? Give them a reason. Why? Give them a reason. You haven't made that connection for the average person in such a way that midterms matter. They, they're they're going to look at, and that's not at all by accident, very intentional. They're going to look at the presidential election and they're going to say, yeah, this is what we want. This is where I got to focus. That's the big, that's the heavyweight bout, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, all these fights on the undercard, all these races on the undercard, all these judges, all these other positions are likely going to have an impact on your life in a greater way. But if nobody explains that to you and they don't make it relevant, you got to make it relevant. And that's one thing about, I think, our current discourse that we don't do a good job of. Like voting for us is much more ritual than it is practice. Mm. And there's a difference. Ritual is something that you do just because you are taught to do it. Mm-hmm. Practice is something that you do with intention because you know what you're doing. Right. Ritual is like, you know, I'm LeBron James. I walk up. I put the powder in my hand. I throw it up before every game. That's ritual. I have a ritual of doing that. Practice is I'm shooting these jump shots every day. Why? Because mm-hmm. I got to get better at that part of my game. Mm-hmm. We don't engage voting enough from a practice conversation. We engage it from a ritual conversation. Mm-hmm. People die for you to have the right to vote. That's more ritual. You think so? Yeah, because that doesn't give you an actual practical purpose, a reason. People die for you to have the right to vote. To vote. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Understood. Mm-hmm. That means it's important. Okay. That means it, it's meaningful. Okay. That means it's symbolic. All things that are consistent with the idea of ritual. But it doesn't tell me anything about like what it's supposed to do. Or how to do it. Or how to do it. I got or you. why to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it, it, that's not a real practical reason. And mm-hmm. I think that in today's day and age, the old sort of idioms around that are just not enough. So. Well, I'm actually a different question. Um, being someone who... If I had a question about who I should vote for, I would probably call you, right? Okay. So in that, do you think our understanding of the privilege of voting is, is somewhat tied to how we view ourselves and being represented as a people in this country? <sighs> That's a really, really, really layered one. <sighs> I think that the connection that people make in our community is not necessarily about how we view ourselves, but about how more so the, the, the limits to what representation and advocacy can get for us. Not necessarily that we don't deserve 
strong representation or that uh, we'll never get strong representation, but just the idea of, I think many of us believe and are convinced that no matter how hard you fight for us, there's always gonna be a ceiling. No matter how effective you may be, no matter how much of a champion or an advocate you are for our people, the system is rigged and the game is already sold. So there's not room for effectiveness. That in turn, that lack of confidence in those systems, mm -hmm. then in turn makes people apathetic to be like, it really ain't gonna make no difference. It make no difference. It's not personal against the individual, like the candidate. Mm. And it's not necessarily a commentary about ourselves. Like we don't deserve that. It's more so a lack of confidence in the system where it's like, yo, this shit is rigged. So that being said, um, I do encourage all of you to think about your civic duty as a voter and to educate yourself about what's going on. I would rather you be an intentional abstinee than someone who just engages for the purposes of saying that you did. Know what you're doing and be intentional about it. I know that a lot of people would disagree with me about that. That's okay. Hit me up. Leave it in the comments. Let me know what you think. It's all good. So we're going to move on into our next segment. I'll conversations about love, sex, and relationships. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, rules of engagement. My man, Cashmere Kurt. What's going on, Kurt? Ain't nothing. What's going on with you? I'm good, brother. How you feeling? A little triggered, but I'll be all right. Triggered? Yes, sir. What's got you triggered? This damn raw mattress you got hanging up in here. I mean, what, what, what's wrong with the mattress? Man, this looks like one I lost my virginity on. <laughs> a raw mattress? A raw mattress. And the I went raw, too. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm joking. So I got a question. Um, <laughs> Again, this is rules of engagement, so you know anything goes. I, but I have a fun question for you. Okay, you are a guy who deals with like you know valuations and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, have you ever had a situation where you met a woman mm -hmm. and the ROI was just not what you thought? In terms of like what you put in, like she was one of those like she hit you with the typical "I'm worth the wait." Because mm. you know we've we've all we've mm. all heard that one. The ninety day demons. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. The ninety day. I didn't have a name for them. Mm -hmm. I just know that like it's a red flag. Okay. Because anytime you tell me I'm worth the way, you probably not. Ooh. Like you probably not. Like mm. I, that's just been my experience and those of many of my homies. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm worth the weight is like dead giveaway. Mm -hmm. You're probably not. But anyway, mm -hmm. like you meet someone and they just want you to put in hella work, like mm -hmm. hella work. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you get there and you're like, wait, this, this for this? For, for, right. <laughs> <laughs> wait, for this? Word. This it? That's it. You're not bringing nobody? <laughs> it's just you? <laughs> All this for that? Right. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in that situation? Yes, I've been in that situation. When did you, so here's, here's a question. Mm -hmm. When did you realize it? And did you pull your investment or did you double down? Because sometimes you double down because you're like, no, nah, I'm going to get my money. You know, yeah. not my money's worth, but I'm going to get my efforts worth out <laughs> Yeah, it's usually a double down type of perspective. So you're a, you're a double down guy. Yeah, because, you know, again, once you, once you realize, ladies, <laughs> for those listening, if a man begins to believe that he's invested too much in there, you're already dead in the water. It's already <laughs> over. So he's going to double down Just at that to, point. Just to tell himself. For the acquisition. I have, to, I have to. I got to. I got to at this point. Yeah. Now I'm a sucker. I'm worse than a sucker. I'm worse than a sucker. I'm, I'm going to take this L. Yeah. So I might as well just do what I got to do, 
sop up the rest of this loss and get up out of here. You ever, you ever just took the L and been like, yo, I'm underwater. She's not worth it. I'm disappointed, but it's it just it's charges to the game. You ever yeah. had that? They become best friends. Oh, 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 what? Yeah. How women have friend zones, men got friend zones too. You so you friend zone so you friend zone them after. See, I think women generally friend zone before. That's like they make the decision up front. You think so? I, I think so, yeah. I, I think men I'm put not, themselves in that situation. Or what I'm saying is mm-hmm. they usually, I, typically, mm-hmm. I don't find it to be the case that women like decide to be intimate with you and then they be like, nah, now I'm a friend on you. I, I, I've never had that. You've never, well, uh, you've I've, never heard of that neither? Nah. Really? Up front, for sure. But like on the back end? Back end. Nah, on the Word. back end, like, you know what, Putin? <laughs> we, you know, we should be, be friends. friends. No, uh, nah, I ain't never been hit with what? that one. Nah, I never been hit with it. But I've seen a lot of dudes that are real close to joints that they used to take down, and they're now friends. Yeah. How does that work? It's weird, but it Obviously. is what it is. You know, it is what it is. No, 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 no. See, what we're talking about is the experience was less than par. Mm-hmm. It was a subpar experience, and because of that. The woman's like, we're not doing that anymore. Correct. But we could be friends. You know a lot of... So you think that the dudes who are close to women who they used to take down, that's what happened? I believe so. I believe that there was a, an exchange that was subpar, Oof. and this was the constellation Oof. prize. Oof. Damn. Yeah. So you've done that? Yes. So how do you get around them coming back and being like, so big daddy, let's get back in the sack? It's not, it's not possible. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not possible. That, that attraction you level here, is gone. I'm here. But that attraction level is gone. That's, that's, that's behind For it. you. Right. It takes two. But I'm just saying, how do you negotiate that with her without leaving her feeling like... I mean, I've been Emotional damage. <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you negotiate that without that part? Again, you know, we have to be adults about these adult situations and decisions we're making. You know, at the end of that the day. That shit sound real smooth with your voice, but if you don't got your voice, that shit don't work. You don't think so? No, I don't. I know so. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it for someone else, but for me, there's, there's boundaries. <laughs> you just said boundaries. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> you ain't just going to be pulling my pants down. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us for another edition of the Charles Coleman Podcast. You've been listening to Rules of Engagement. This is the new home for Black Brilliance. This is your new favorite podcast. Like, subscribe, follow. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. You agree, you disagree, kind of, sort of, maybe not. Um, and share with your friends. 